It's a free society. Except there ain't nothing free, because there's no guarantees, you know? <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> there's a lot of jungle. <laughs> Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent, and this week is an interesting story about what would happen if there were a place without laws. Would it be a utopia, or would it just devolve into a real-life version of The Purge? Before we get into the story, a few announcements and requests. First of all, thank you for the reviews on Apple Podcasts, like the one from Blue-Eyed Tina, who said, Great show, I always learn something, and love sharing the info with friends as random trivia. So thank you, Tina. That is exactly my intent every week. I want these stories to be things that stick in your brain, that you share with friends. There's a never-ending supply of weird stories that are fascinating, and I love sharing them with you. Please go over to Apple Podcasts app and leave a five-star rating and a review, and I always notice those and see them and appreciate them. If you want to go the extra step and become a supporter of the show, you'll get a pack of stickers in the mail and access to the guest interview videos before I ever edit the curse words out of them. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. You can join at whatever financial level you want, even if that's just $1 a month. It's all appreciated. It's a simple way to show your support of this show. Finally, when we get to the ad break in a little bit, uh, I challenge you to not skip the ads, but instead visit those websites, see if there's something you like. If not, no big deal. But if you do see something, make sure you use my promo code or link to let them know I sent you. I greatly appreciate that. Now, let's get on to this week's topic. It comes to us from Mike. Hey, Michael. It's Mike from Kokomo, Indiana. I was just reading about a place in Denmark called Christiania. It's part of Copenhagen, and apparently there are no laws. Can you do an episode about that? Thanks. Thanks for that, Mike. Uh, this sounds really interesting, and I don't know anything about it. You know, I sort of just assumed that a lot of modern Scandinavian countries were sort of free like this anyway, but to have no laws, that's fascinating. Let's start by telling you about a play I was in when I was a kid. I think the world would be better with no grown-ups. Yeah! We wouldn't have to brush our teeth. We wouldn't have to people smoking and drinking and drinking and dying. And there wouldn't be one to kidnap in the second grade, we had some playwrights come in as artists in residence, and they helped us write our own play. And what we came up with was this story about a bunch of kids who wished for a world with no rules and no parents. And then, of course, they came upon a genie, and when they get what they ask for, they get cold and they eat too much candy, and they miss their parents, and they wish them back. It was sort of like Home Alone without all the good parts. So, from my experience in having constructed and performed in a school play as a seven-year-old, having a world without laws is bad. What we're talking about is known as anarchism. Anarchism is different than anarchy. Anarchy is the total rejection of laws and government, whereas anarchism refers to a voluntary self-governed society and it's usually more of a political movement. We can look at examples of both throughout history, but even today there are places where there are simply no laws because it's either a contested area as far as government or it's simply a no man's land where no government is really willing to support the region. We can see this in the western region of Afghanistan where sections of the country are divided into different indigenous tribes there are some areas that no tribe claims, and so those areas are essentially lawless. Occasionally, the Taliban has come in and claimed these areas, but the rebel rule of law is the code there. One of the many problems with Afghanistan is the fight for jurisdiction and leadership in a lot of these areas. Parts of Yemen and Mali are also considered lawless because of contested or unclaimed regions. Between Egypt and Sudan, there is a small part of the border called Bertawil that is unclaimed and uninhabited it's considered a lawless area. One New Jersey man went there in 2014 to proclaim himself as the ruler just because he promised his daughter she could be a princess. I know you want to know more about that story, but I think I'm saving that one for its own episode. But most of these areas that I've discussed aren't areas where the citizens specifically set out to create a lawless society. Most of them don't have citizens at all. To look for an area where a lawless society was the goal, we have to look toward areas where social movements created that desire. One of these is known as Slab City in the middle of the desert of Southern California. It's a tiny off-the-grid alternative living community that inhabits an area that used to be a military facility. The people that live there don't want to conform to society. A lot of its residents come in campers and just stay for the winter, as many as 4,000 sometimes. 
but around 150 live there year-round. The state of California owns the land, and there are constant battles as to the future of the area. It doesn't collect taxes, but nearby police and fire authorities do provide service there. A similar place in Denmark is what we're going to talk about today, the free community of Christiania, a place where supposedly nothing is illegal. We'll talk about that after the break. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to the internet says it's true.com slash deals for the link. I've been traveling again lately, and that means I've been wearing my Scotty Vest jacket, which is awesome for anyone who sort of lives life on the go like I do. It's been awesome for traveling around because it's got tons of pockets for all my gadgets, my phone, my glasses, my wallet, my charging cord, you name it. It's a clothing company I believe in, and I'm confident they've got an article of clothing that you'll love. The best thing you can do is take a look at all the awesome pocket-packed clothing on their website. To get 15% off your order, visit the link in the show notes. Let's get back to the story. If you visited Christiania around Christmas time, you'd find it absolutely delightful. You'd wander through an indoor Christmas market and smell baked almonds and mulled wine and end up shopping for handmade items, maybe eat at one of the many street vendor stands. But Christiania didn't start as anything touristy. It actually started as an abandoned military base, similar to Slab City in California. It was originally an area that housed military barracks and the ramparts that protected the city of Copenhagen, Denmark. It was known as Christianshaven. It's right there in the southeast corner of Copenhagen. It's right downtown. When the military abandoned the buildings in the area, they left behind a small number of watchmen, but homeless citizens of Copenhagen started moving in and residing in the buildings. At one point in 1971, citizens that lived nearby tore down the military fencing and built a playground. Some claim that it was an act of defiance. See, Copenhagen was facing a lack of affordable housing at the time, and the government was just sitting on all this abandoned housing and land downtown. That same month that the fence was removed, a man named Jacob Ludvigsen, who was a journalist and sort of hippie activist, declared the area of Christiania to be free and open. It wasn't any sort of legal declaration. He just wrote it in his paper, the Hovbladet. He wrote, Christiania is the land of the settlers. It is the biggest opportunity so far to build up a society from scratch, while nevertheless still incorporating the remaining constructions. Own electricity plant, a bathhouse, a giant athletics building where all the seekers of peace could have their grand meditation and yoga center. Halls where theater groups can feel at home. Buildings for the stoners who are too paranoid and weak to participate in the race. Yes, for those who feel the beating of the pioneer heart, there can be no doubt as to the purpose of Christiania. It is the part of the city which has been kept secret to us, but no more. End quote. And with that, it just worked. Squatters, hippies, stoners, and artists started moving in, and the few military members that were there didn't stop them. It's worth noting that even the military members in Denmark in 1971 had long hair. They were part of the youth movement, too. The free town of Christiania was born, an 84-acre community that even had its own mission statement to create a self-governing society whereby each and every individual holds themselves responsible over the well-being of the entire community, to be economically self-sustaining. And they were. People started building their own homes and shops in the area. If they needed an electrician, they didn't call one. They either found another community member who could help or learned how to wire electricity. If they had a dispute, they didn't call the police. They settled it themselves. The citizens of Christiania didn't rely and didn't recognize local authorities. They even created their own flag, a red flag with three yellow dots. Each dot represents one of the eyes in Christiania. It was a small experiment in socialism that grew to around 1,000 permanent residents at one point. One would think that this isn't sustainable, that an area free from the government would soon be overrun with the worst of society. And maybe in most parts of the world that would be true. But Danish people are different, and the experiment continues. 
Today, Christiania still exists. Its main feature for years has been the so-called Green Light District and Pusher Street, a street named for the drugs sold from street vendors, most popularly the open selling of hash, usually mixed strains of marijuana along with drinks and foods infused with cannabis. But over the last few years, crime has forced the open sale of any drugs in Christiania to stop. The people who live there won't put up with crime, so they forced all of these stalls to close. It's said that it's still pretty easy to buy marijuana in the area, but just not out in the open. Now, Christiania does have its own rules now. One of those is that the sale of hard drugs is forbidden. They also don't allow guns, knives, bulletproof vests, stealing, and the wearing of bikers' colors. Back in the mid-80s, there were some gang wars between the Hells Angels and Copenhagen's Biker Club. Their name was just Bullshit. No, that's, that's the name of the biker gang, Bullshit. It led to the murder of Bullshit's leader, who controlled the drug trade in Christiania at the time. They also don't allow running. No gang wars, no running. The idea of running to them means there's something to run away from. They don't approve of photography. There are no cars allowed, only bikes. It's a small, walkable area, and the self-governing seems to do pretty well. There are several notable buildings and institutions in the free area. One of them is Gay House, a location that houses over-the-top LGBT variety shows and is a home for gay activism. The area is alive with music and art. Jazz Clubbin is a famous jazz club at the end of Pusher Street and Woodstock, Christiania's oldest bar. There's also Copenhagen's oldest skate park, Alice in Wonderland, named after the Alice Skateboard Company. As far as the rights to the land, the citizens of Christiania are constantly being threatened by developers and government officials who want to capitalize on the property being so close to the capital city. In 1995, they came to an agreement with the Danish government to keep the land free as long as they began to pay taxes. So since 95, they pay the city for trash removal and access to water and electricity. Even so, conservative Danish politicians have been trying to shut down Christiania for years. In 2004, the government tried to eradicate the free society. In 2005, there was a murder on Pusher Street over weed sales, and it brought a lot of negative attention. In 2007, the city demolished a set of buildings in Christiania that were deemed unsafe. Young citizens defended the area, setting up roadblocks and shooting fireworks at police. But the buildings were demolished and 50 people went to jail. In 2016, there was another drug-related shooting on Pusher Street, and this was the time they made the decision to close down the stalls that openly sold marijuana. It's estimated that cannabis sales in Christiania dropped by 75%. Today, there are still around 700 permanent residents of Christiania. The region is still under constant threat of development. Here's community leader Niels Vest in a 2004 interview. The way they want it to be is that you should pay the market value. And Christiania is totally opposed to market values. And I'm sure if you ask people in Denmark how many would live here, it's not only tens, it's hundreds of thousands of people who would love to live the way we live in Christiania. More than 50 years after its founding, Christiania is still a community of artisans, artists, musicians, and people who just want to live in their own view of freedom. The crime rate is actually very low, but so is the crime rate of Copenhagen, about 1 25th the crime rate in America. Around a million people a year come to visit Christiania. They even have their own anthem. It's, uh, it's dramatic, and I'll leave you with it. The lyrics are... You have thrashed us with batons, threatened us with weapons to escape the painful sounding of your own children shouting. You hide behind your helmets and empty laws and bills. Soon you'll see in anguish it's yourself that you punish. You cannot kill us. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today I'm calling Marcus Monroe. Marcus is a comedian and juggler in New York City, and simply put, he's just one of the funniest people I know. It's good to see you again, man. It's great to see you, man. It's, it's been way too long. I was hoping to see you at a 
one of the NAFTAs, but um, yeah, haven't... I wasn't doing them, but now I will be. I will be doing them again. Um, I heard you got a, a new agent. Congrats on that. Thanks, That's a man. huge deal here with the Diggy's amazing. Yeah, Diggy's great. Uh, Ari and Jeff Deggie. are fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, Jeff, Jeff's great. Yeah, they're they're great people. I really enjoy. Uh, like I've always enjoyed, you know, hanging out with them and stuff. And uh, so I'm excited about it. You know, it was obviously, you know, everyone at, at Fresh Friday, we loved Laura. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's on to, to newer things. So we're moving on and, and you know, hopefully uh, they're already there's a little bit of business coming in. We'll see. Ooh, I'm not stressing yeah. out about it, but but some stuff coming in. Uh, you got some stuff cooking. I like it. Yeah. Who who are you through? Who's your agent? Bass Schuler. Bass Schuler. That's right. Yeah. See, I didn't approach Bass Schuler because they've got 23 magicians. Uh, they do, and, and they're all like Dan, friends of mine. And Dan Martin Daniel is gonna, Martin. Like, they're gonna they're gonna Buddy. send Love Daniel Martin, you know, before they before they send me because they've they've had him forever. So yeah, I needed to find somewhere where I where I was gonna stand out. So anywho, I'm sure I'll you see you soon. It. I'm sure I see you soon. So you, what's new in New York City? What are you up to late these days? Ooh, well, I've been traveling a lot, so I haven't really been uh, in New York that as much as I'd like. Um, I leave again tomorrow for four days, but. When I'm in New York, it's been rainy and cold and the, the homeless are out of control. Um, but I mean, they've taken shelter in, in any train station they can find. And you just feel bad for them because like it can't be easy. It's not easy living in uh, an apartment in New York. I can't imagine being homeless here. Right. Um, doesn't seem like a good city to do that. But um, aside from that, um, you know, the shows have been going great. Um, I've been writing a lot of new material, which keeps me motivated, keeps me energized. Now, kinda... I see you've got some blocks of material or something on the board behind you. It's some true. Like green it's true. note cards. Uh, it looks like you're blocking out a new show or something. Or This is actually just my stand-up set. So what I'll do is every joke of mine, I'll like write down on a note card. Okay. I'll, here, I'll just show you. I'll just show you. Let me show you. And I'll, I'll describe for the podcast listeners what... what marcus is doing so there's a there's a cork board behind him and on each card he's got like a little green note card and on that i assume is a a full joke yes so i have the name well i have the name of the joke on this side then i wrote down the full joke on this side okay Um, like flashcards you can you can can screen grab that and (laughs) and see what i my joke is and perform it Um, tomorrow and perform it um and and okay but if you're looking like i only have like 12 on the bulletin board behind me i just started doing this because i'm crafting a new hour and i need to write down all of my jokes i haven't started yet um i I mean i've started but i haven't finished yet and the goal is to have this all covered up in the order i want to do my jokes and then i you know it's i'm a very visual person yeah so i need to then like figure out like it's like a puzzle like where should this joke go when some of them are bits some of them are like eight minute chunks some of them are just one-liners so you know this right here like what you see like my like two four six like these like 12 jokes or whatnot they're it's probably 30 minutes already just with this section um so i'm just trying to uh organize them the best way i can now no one's like taught me how to do this no one told me oh get a bulletin board and you know I, yeah. It looks like I'm trying to solve like a true crime. Yeah, you need some string. <laughs> you know, I yeah. have seen that done for uh, for sitcoms and stuff before. Like people will put yeah. different plot points, you know, on a board that way. And uh, I've never done that for my show. But I recently just did this. What what you're doing for a friend's show. He and I were sort of workshopping his show. Uh, it was a brand new show with a new theme and everything. And it really made the process go so much easier. And to visualize oh we'll just flip these two cards and that puts a you know exciting thing here and then a lull here and yeah. then whatever else so that's cool man it's neat to, to well i'm excited to hear that I'm, I'm happy to hear that you've done this too and that it worked for you because yeah. i i was like there was part of me when i was doing this I'm like is this just a ginormous waste of time am i just like trying to like, get myself into a project so i don't have to worry about other real issues that i need to focus sure. on but I think this is when this is done, it's going to be great. Um, I think I hope. Yeah. Make sure you're taking pictures of that board as you go too. <laughs> oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, because you'd be like, Oh, I yet. had this, I had this perfect. And then I messed it all up. Well, let's get into oh, the podcast. True. Um, so 
For this first question, we're going to play for a joke. And if you get this right, I'll tell you a joke. And if you get it wrong, you have to tell me one. Love Here it. is your question. The town of Christiania is a small region in the heart of Copenhagen, Denmark, that is notable for which of these reasons? A, since its founding in 1971, it only allows women. B, its 700 residents speak Pig Latin. Or C, it has existed since 1971 as an autonomous community separate from the Danish government. Well, I'm going to say a town that only has women, uh, nothing will get done because they'd just be gossiping all day. Um, that is horrible. We're, <laughs> we are, what? This podcast uh, promotes and celebrates women and the, and the <laughs> very many, many things they bring to society. They'd just be shopping, Michael, uh, all day. The women nothing be shopping. Nothing would get done. No, stop. The, this is not that type of... So Marcus, tall. not only is this not the type of podcast, you're not that type of person. <laughs> he is being a character right now. Yes, I'm, yes, yes. And I if am, your wife am, was in the just... room... Uh, you would be not saying these things. No, not at all. I listen. I went to a, uh, I went to a pro-choice rally yesterday. Good. I am all. I love the women. I am just making bad jokes. <laughs> um, I don't know about pig Latin because at some point you'd think let's just talk. Right. I'm gonna go C. I think in uh, yeah C. The answer Three. is. C, you are correct. Oh, oh, right. You were talking about the homeless people in New York City. Well, that's how this place, Christiania, got started was that there was a military base that was abandoned Mm. in the in like the heart of Copenhagen. And uh, people who were homeless started using these. They were basically became squatters and it became a squatters village. It turned into a place for like uh, like a hippie commune. And it it still exists today. It's over 50 years old. It's in the heart. Of, and it's like an, an artistic uh, community for alternative lifestyle. And it's sort of like a, a small experiment in socialism in the heart of uh, a very free city to begin with. Wow. And yeah. And there have been fights for 50 years about, you know, trying the government not liking what's happening, obviously. Yeah. So um, fascinating stuff. It's called the gonna... free city of Christiania. Do they have their own like military? They don't. They have like four rules. Uh, we we yeah. solve all our problems rock paper scissors. That's pretty much probably what happens. <laughs> now there have been a few crimes there. You know there have been a few shootings there, but mostly mm. those shootings were related to the drug trade because uh, it had a very healthy marijuana trade there. Um, there was a there's a street called Pusher Street where people would just basically set up street carts to sell pot, and uh. um, that is currently as of the last like seven six years seven years they're not allowing that because there have been a few crimes um shootings and things that have happened because of arguments from the drug sales um but it's a pretty well known it's like an open secret you can go and buy weed there and pretty much anything goes so Hmm. yeah and the cops will sort of just leave you alone there if you're just and where how do you get there this is downtown copenhagen (laughs) Um, uh, I, I owe you a joke. This is uh, tell me a, a page number. It's like three hundred pages in here. Okay, let's do uh, three twelve. Three twelve. <laughs> I said three hundred pages, and you're like, I want the back cover. You know, we need oh, it wait, needs to be less. It, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, let's do uh, two sixteen. Two sixteen. Let's find it. Two sixteen is going to be a joke that's an eternal question. Uh oh. Okay. This is awful. This is really, really bad. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get social security. And then there's a parenthetical afterward. You don't get it? Well, neither did the chicken. She wasn't 65. (laughs) Wait, who wrote this joke? This is Dixon's Joke Treasury, an anthology of gags, bits, puns, and jests by Paul Dixon. (laughs) It's horrible. It's awful. Uh, I thought like that you can make a joke like why did the chicken cross the road to get health insurance because it was it you know lives in United States and it wanted to go like that seemed like that's where that joke was going the road was on the border to a a different nation yeah something along these lines Uh, let's see why don't you ever see chickens and are these just all chicken these are all chicken based jokes Uh, I picked the the wrong page I I think you picked the chicken page why don't you ever see chickens in the zoo because they can't afford the admission 
Oh, that doesn't make any no, sense. This is not... I don't get. That's a terrible premise. That's a, there's no misdirect. Put that there's on your put, put that on your board behind you. Put that one up. <laughs> no, that's coming down. <laughs> this that's is not, uh, I, written in copyright 1984. That's it not doesn't that matter. Long ago. It doesn't matter. They Lots had good jokes in the 80s, Michael. <laughs> they had great jokes, and they had some of the best joke writers in the 80s. I, I had Come a, um, I, I had a big question on my TikTok this week, last week, about an 80s comedian, uh, and I didn't even know it was from an 80s comedian, but I had this song in my head. Well, it turns out what was in my head was sort of a meme and family guy had made fun of it when they when jesus put on a magic show and, and that's what he was singing he was humming it while he was doing stuff like the one finger becomes two fingers and the two fingers becomes one and then behind his back and all this stuff and that was a ripoff of art metrano in from the gong show in the 80s i believe it was the gong show maybe in the, in the 70s and art metrano who was the original like sergeant on police academy that guy the, oh. not the original one the second the second one from Police Academy 2, the guy that gets his hands stuck to his head, that guy. That's Art Metrano. And he did that. Da, 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 da. Mm. It turns out the song is called Fine and Dandy, thanks to TikTok and Reddit. But I posted it to both because I knew that they would answer my my question. Is it isn't that unbelievable how you can just ask an app? Yeah. So today uh, I was working on this podcast. And earlier in the podcast, we heard a little bit of audio from a play I was in in the second grade. Okay. Uh, and now I watched this. It's a 23 minute play. And there was, there were two artists in residence that came in and worked with us. And I only know their first names, David and Leslie. That's all I knew. And I got on my phone and I started searching 1987, Urbana, Ohio, artists in residence. I found their names. I sent a friend request to Leslie. David, I could not find. No, you did. I did. And I want to send her a video and say, listen, this play in the second grade was a formative. This was formative on my career. You know, I came into your grade school and they wrote a play with us. They wrote a play with you guys. Yeah, they you performed it and then you found them. I'm going to say 20 years later. I mean, I'm 43 and I was in the second grade. Oh. <laughs> so we're talking like 35 years later, something like, I don't know. I don't do, uh, math is not my forte. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long time. And she looks the same, uh, you know, on her Facebook profile picture. But I want, I just want to send her the message and the video and say, this was you in 1987. And this was the effect you had on a young Michael Kent who went on. I would, I would love to see this video of this young Michael Kent, please send me the link. I, I will show it to you. I will show it to you. It's fantastic. Um, it's a play. And the reason we brought it up is because this episode is about people wanting to live free and without rules. And that's what the play was about. We wanted a rule, a, a land without parents. And uh, that's what happened in the play. It was basically, like I said, it was home alone without all the good parts. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're one for one. Let's move on for this question. We're playing for an admission. Of something we do well rather than an admission of guilt it's an admission of something we do well so if you get it right you gotta i'll tell you something i'm good at okay and if i get it wrong i tell you something i'm good at you got it or you See, can tell me something this. i'm good at if you get it right either way oh, okay <laughs> I'm Maybe I'll do both. i don't well, want that i don't want that that's that feels icky uh, a community simply called home was a utopian society that existed from 1895 to 1919 it was based on an anarchist philosophy. What country was it in? So this is an anarchist place called mm-hmm. home in okay. the, around the turn of the century, 1895 to 1919. Was it in A, Sweden, B, the United States, or C, Bermuda? Bermuda. Interesting. Hmm. I'm not going to say... The United States, because I think that uh, it, I think I, I might may have heard of it then. Bermuda, I don't. I'm going to say Sweden. The answer is the United States, Marcus. No way. Yes. Home was founded in the state of Washington in the United States. It was a what? community of anarchists, communists, free thinkers and nudists. 
it eventually devolved into like it, they had divisions in the community, fighting factions known as nudes and prudes. And there's a good chance I will be putting this what? on the list of future episodes of this podcast because it sounds amazing. It's still there. It's still a city. It's not a big city. It's, it's still there. Under 2000 residents. Home, Washington. Can you just get in? The, can you get in the buff there? I think that the, the what used to be home, the utopian society is long gone. It's now probably uh, just a small town of rednecks in the middle of nowhere. But uh, I went to a uh, nudist resort once, and so I, I'd be down. I think you told us on the last podcast, didn't you go on accident, sort of, on your honeymoon? Was that a thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. Whoops. Amazing story. Got to read the fine print. Go back to the last time Marcus was on. Uh, which What episode did we talk about last time? Do you remember what we talked about last time you were on? Oh, man. I don't, I don't remember. But go find Marcus Monroe's last episode. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, and we talked yeah. about that a little bit. I do. I also have it, that joke, uh, the nudist story on my TikTok. If you uh, feel like hopping over there, and your don't TikTok, jump ship yet. Your TikTok is at Marcus Monroe. Yeah, something like that. It, I had to put a J in the middle because someone Marcus already J. took Monroe. Marcus Monroe. But, got it. You'll find ah. him. He's He's got enough followers that you type his name in. You'll find it. Yeah. Now, let's move on. You're one for two. For this question, we're playing for a coveted the internet. Wait, I gotta tell you what. Oh, you're, oh you're... I never. Yeah, I skipped. I, I'm so bad at this. Sometimes I just skip by the the stakes. I want to hear an admission of something that you do well. Well, I want to tell you something that you do well at. Um, you are very good at giving magic. And comedy, a refreshing blend that's that's true to you, that you don't see a lot of people doing. You see a lot of people doing the same presentation of the same trick over and over. But what I love about you is that you put in the time, you put in the work, and you, you create your own piece. And if someone else were to try and steal that piece from your show, they'd be like, that's totally, that's a Michael Kent bit because you have your own like take on you. on your craft which i appreciate i think you're doing that very well that means a lot um, to me um i'm it's always icky to hear but but it's funny because like oh in, no it's so gross in the I moment know, I to do hear apologize. praise like that it feels icky but but to like i really do take that stuff to the heart and so like three four years from now i will think back to those words because i do that all the time i remember stuff that people tell me and while it was i, I didn't accept it at the moment all it really does fuel me so Go compliment yeah, also, people. That's I, why you compliment I also, people. I, I also really enjoy your style because you're more laid back than you are like, like I like like you know like mad magicy, which is a little cringy at times, especially now. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. Like you're you're still a performer, and but and you still have a good presentation. But like you know, you're in like a jean jacket, like. But that's presenting. that's only because in terms of presentation, I peaked in the second grade during my 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 play <laughs> in, in my play. second grade class. <laughs> I'm just over it, is why. All right, I want to hear what you know. do well. Tell me what you do well. Procra- I procrastinate that's very not, well. That, that is not. That's one of those things. Like, what would you say are your weaknesses? Well, I care too much. What do I do well? You, got, you have to tell me something that you really. Um, procrastination can be a positive attribute, but it's usually not, right? It's usually no, associated good, with negative. I'm fairly good at running. Running. Yeah, I didn't know you were a runner. I'm, I'm not, but I did my first half marathon like a couple, like two months ago, and and. uh I got wow. bit by the bug. I enjoy it. That's really exciting. Uh, you're a slender guy, my, so yeah, I ran. Yeah. I ran my fastest mile today. Today, congratulations! Six, six minutes thirty six seconds. Oh my god! I don't think I can do anything in six minutes thirty six seconds. <laughs> what? <laughs> it takes me that long to put my shoes on. Uh, that's pretty was, great, man. I didn't know you were a runner. I, I, I do. Uh, I can see myself becoming a runner because what I do is like I get into these hobbies and then I just go overboard with them and I just, mm. I, and I just don't stop kind of where, where I'm at with birding right now. I'm like well, an avid birder. Oh, so I'm also really good at editing people's TikToks, and I, I run Ooh. a few TikTok accounts oh, for other that. people. And one of the guys I run, his name is Joe Zimmerman and he's also a birder and he has great standup about being a birder. So if you're ever Ooh, into birder comedy, <laughs> I am out, into bird comedy. Check out Joe Zimmerman. <laughs> This feels like uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. I'm bird law. I'm into. I'm, I practice bird law. I'm. I have a very specific niche of comedy. Just bird based comedy. 
if the if the if the comedy doesn't have enough ornitharian content ornitharian content uh it's not for me but your photos are also incredible thanks man i really enjoy it i really enjoy it all right yeah, let's move on seemed, yeah. uh, all right <laughs> question three for this question we are playing for a coveted the internet says it's true sticker these are very hard oh, to come yeah. by and extremely valuable they uh mm-hmm. they are just the show logo now here's your question the danish have no translation word for which one of these english words a milk b fire or c please i'm gonna say please why uh because milk and fire seem like things that the danish would be about but please might just be a word they don't use maybe they're already it's already built in to their vocabulary interesting well i don't know i'm pretty tall you are correct it is please yeah, yeah so, kind of the like idea it. is this the Danish are they're pli- uh, they're polite by default, right? So they don't need to. There thinking. is no specific word in Danish that literally translates the word please. Instead, Danish the Danes use phrases and gestures to be polite. So I'm going to try to say some of these because I don't know how to speak Dutch, such as or is, or Danish, such as ver sarvenlig, which means be so kind, and this mm. du vil ver sesot. I'm going to get someone to write in and tell me how about which if, that means if you would be so sweet. So there's also there's a lot of thanking going on in Denmark. Uh, it's considered polite to say thank you for everything from your dinner to like both before, during and after a social get together. You just say thank you all the time. So you don't need to say please because oh. you've got the thank you. Dang. All right. I like that. See, yeah. I like the Danish people. It's funny that Americans have, have to have a word to be polite. Like, it should, <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. Just be nice. Just be nice people. We don't need a word for this. You get a sticker. That's right. Which is exciting. Yay! And thank you. Well, are you. So, do you do you mail that? Do you email that? To I'm, I'm going to email you, you the sticker. Provide your own adhesive. Okay, <laughs> I'll fax it to you. Deal. Yeah, fax it to me. Deal. I uh, yes. The in in theory, I will be mailing you this sticker via the U.S. Post. Uh, in theory, it, no. You're. I'm going to holding you to this. Please do because I'm very bad at mailing them out after people win them, and I've got uh, this many left, which is not a ton. I've probably got oh. 15 left. But I've still do. I found another packet of these, which is the original name for this podcast. It says, "Tell me what to Google." So I've got a lot of those. So maybe I'll send you one of each. And anyone who joins Patreon gets one too. So that's exciting. Hey, hey, there you go. Uh, you're two for three. And for this question, if you get it wrong, you have to tell us about one of your favorite memories from the stage. Oh, okay. If you get it right, I'll tell you about one of my favorite memories from the stage. All right. Which one of these structures? is still present from when Christiania was owned by the military. One of these is still there. There are probably multiple structures that are still there, but only one of these three is is real. A, a large anti-aircraft gun now permanently built into a rooftop. B, a slab of concrete with a drain for blood from when they used to do executions. Or C, a water tower now being used to provide shower water for, for Christiania's citizens. <laughs> Those are all... It's either a gun in the roof, re- concrete yeah. slab for blood, for drain for blood, or water tower for showers. I'm going to say A, the first one. Any reason why? Wait, which one did I pick? The anti-aircraft gun built yeah, into it a just, rooftop. It seems, like, it seemed like the drain for blood would be... You know, I could see that being a thing as well, but it just seemed like there probably weren't too many executions that they'd have their own drain for blood, maybe. Um, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. And the shower, the water tower that's now used for showering, when you first told me it, I pictured just like a group shower that like they just poke holes and they'd have water coming down and people would just like shower. But now that I'm thinking about it, there's probably piping. Um, but I'm still going <laughs> to... The answer is B, a slab of concrete with a drain for blood from when they used to do executions. And this was, and now I saw differing uh, accounts of this, but uh, Wikipedia says that it was the last Danish execution site and was still active in 1950. Uh, It can still be seen on the second uh, fortification close to the building called Air Condition. There's just a building called Air Condition. I guess it's the one that has it. Uh, the wooden <laughs> execution shed is gone, but the concrete foundation and a drain for the blood remain next to the path. Apparently, 30 World War II criminals were executed there, and the last 
was Birkdahl, a high-level Danish Gestapo collaborator, and that was July 20th, 1950. And uh, wow, not yeah. too long ago, they they had a shed, how, an execution shed how, at one point. So okay, this this is going to get a little sick and twisted, but how did were they executing these a, people that they would bleed out? It's a great question. My guess is is firing squad, just based on the fact mm. that it was post World War II, uh, and these were war criminals. I'm guessing that's what was done because if they were hanged. That's not a, a bloody thing. Um, right. I'm not really you, you sure what the show would, would be for, but. Fire squad. I think it that probably takes the heat off the executioner because you don't know which bullet was the one that killed the person. Right. Right. Is that why they chose that? I, I really don't know. Um, but there is one state that it has just brought the firing squad back in South Carolina. Uh, so oh, cool. <laughs> now going there tomorrow. It's Can't 2022. Play. If you if your show sucks tomorrow in South Carolina, be careful because they will. <laughs> they've just brought back the firing squad as an option. The the person being executed can choose that uh, rather than, you know, lethal oh, injection. It's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. That, I, that's OK if that's a choice. If that's yeah. what that's how you want to go. Yeah. Ter- terrible but honestly you know uh, i'm not for the death penalty but if you're gonna be executed i think like that while it's seem while it's definitely barbaric the the so-called humane methods that we see used are more barbaric because they don't work and they fail all the time mm-hmm. especially like yeah. here in ohio we've had several where there have been like court cases because they clearly weren't done right and it took too long and that's like torture that's horrible so uh yeah no bueno. Yeah, I didn't mean this uh, podcast to be about execution, but we got there uh, because of this one macabre thing in Christiania, an otherwise utopian society. Uh, so now I, you tell me a moment, a happy moment of you on stage, or uh, I tell you, you one? You tell me one, but I'll, I'm happy to tell you one, too. I would love to. You Okay, I'll tell you one, then you tell me one. Okay, sounds good. Okay, a happy moment of me on stage. Is that what it is? Yeah, just a favorite memory from the stage, basically. Oh, favorite memory. Doesn't have to be happy um, if it's favorite. Oh, man. Well, I, this is tough. Um, it's hard to select, like, a moment and say, oh, I had a good... I usually have a good time no matter what I'm doing on stage. But recently, I had um, my uh, my friend Ben uh, Seidman mm-hmm. was in New York and I was booked at the comedy cellar. And before I was doing stand up, uh, he, we, he and I would always go to the comedy cellar together and watch comedy. And we never thought, Oh, one day we would be performing here, but I, uh, had a show and he came and he saw me at the comedy cellar do stand up. Wow. And it was just great because it was just like, Oh, this is very special for us. Cause he's, you know, he gets to see me at, you know, on this famous venue doing something completely different. Yeah. That's, pretty great and both of you have excelled in show business since those days of dreaming of being on a stage so yeah uh, pretty fantastic ben's a a wonderful magician uh so i'll tell you one of mine it just happened uh maybe four years ago five years ago there's one particular club here in town that i used to perform at a lot and so when i would do a show there a lot of the same people would come back but i used to open this sketch comedy and rock and roll show with my version of the multiplying bottles and it was just a very high energy way to open a show, which was a lot of fun, a lot of call and response in it and things. Well, I was performing my full length show. And as I pulled out the bottles and put them on the stage, the audience began to cheer and applaud. Um, and it was kind of like when when that when the band plays those first few chords of that hit song and there's that, yeah. uh, that applause of recognition. And I carry that with me like every time I bring out those bottles and put them on the table, I think about that. Uh, that was just wow. like one of those memories that really sticks with me because it was I felt so appreciated because it was like, A, they know what I'm about to do and they like it. So it takes so mm. much pressure off of what I'm about to say. It must be like what Jim Gaffigan does when he when he says Hot Pockets and the audience erupts. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if he does that bit anymore, but I think you're right. Don't you I think, think he has like... to if he's do, touring a, a, a theater? Don't you think he has to like do like he could do an hour and a half of new material, but he still has to do the three minute hot pocket thing. Right. Yeah. Or like when Bert, uh, Kreshner, I can't ever say his last name. Yeah. takes his shirt yeah, off. He has does to do the, the machine. machine. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. He, he has to do the machine. And, uh, it's one of those things where 
people like ask for a refund if you don't do it. I think mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Some some comedians don't do their old material. But when I saw the Stones, very first song, Keith Richards comes out to the front of the stage and start. And I mean, I I feel like you'd play that song so many times it would make you physically ill. Mm-hmm. But he just goes. He just loves it. I feel like I talk about this a lot. We might have even talked about this last week on the show, a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, it just would make me violently like nauseous to do something that many times. But that feeling of recognition from the crowd is probably what keeps it fresh and what keeps it feeling but, real. But don't you do something that many times? Like, like my, yeah. my show, there's always like, I, you know, I bring out the hits all the time. But sure. I do. I still do. Them. I do. I mean, my show is, doesn't change that much. I, I change lines and things. I do things to keep it fresh. You know, I'll change mm-hmm. music. I'll change cues. Sometimes I'll throw a joke in or take a joke out or, or I'll do something as simple as like switch the, 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 I'll mirror image the set. So like, instead of having the volunteer on this side, I'll do the volunteer on this side and try it that way. Sure. And it makes a big difference. Uh, it feels, and it makes me have to keep, keep on my feet and things like I'll do all kinds of stuff to try to trick myself, but it's, that's not Jim Gaffigan level. That's not Rolling Stones level. You're not doing it that much. You know, I've been performing for like 18 years not 43 or however long they've been, you know, however long they've been performing. So uh, I love it. Anywho, that's great uh, memory. Yeah, man. Thank you. Same, same with yours. Now here's question four. Oh no, we did question four. Let's, uh, da, 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 da. what was the stakes for that one? Oh, we did him. My gosh, I'm so behind, man. You're, you're killing it. You're, uh, you're two for four right now. That's not really killing yeah, that's it. That's not, that's not killing <laughs> you're batting 500. <laughs> That's yeah. not really it. Well, this is the one that makes the difference. This tips the scale in your direction or my direction, and it's for all the marbles. So the rule is, if you get this one wrong, you're banned from this program. You will never be asked on again. If you get it right, I'll have you on any time that you are able. Here's Love your it. question, Marcus. This is an open-ended question. Where do you, Marcus Monroe, find artistic inspiration? Mm. Interesting. I hope I don't get this wrong. Well, lately, I've been trying to think about um, myself and my past and what I what triggers me in a way. And when I'm having a bad day, or when I'm really angry, I feel that's the best time for me to sit down and do some writing. Because I feel like I'm the most honest with myself when I'm a little depressed. Hmm. When I'm a little down in the dumps, I'm able to see things differently than when I'm just like, happy-go-lucky, everything's cool. My mind's a little different. And I don't mind, uh, I think um, when you're on stage telling jokes, honesty and vulnerability and self-awareness are the three things that are the most important and the audience can tell if you're being honest, if you're if you're self-aware. Um, and the other third thing I forgot. Um, but <laughs> um, the third thing so was memory. Me, it, sh- it probably should be. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I've been finding a lot of um, artistic uh, pleasure in exploring writing in when I'm when I find myself in different emotions and I could be writing about the same topic one day I'm very happy everything's going my way uh, I'm I'm getting booked everywhere I am getting retweeted I got a killer video on TikTok I'm in a good mood my <laughs> wife's happy she's hot we just kissed um, I'm in a, everything's good I'm writing I'm writing down or like, you know, the next day she could be out of town. No one's taking my calls. The show just got canceled. I have nothing to do today. My, you know, and, I, and I'm writing on the same topic. And those two perspectives are, even though it's the same topic in my life, it's just different. You know, I, I find different things to pick, to pick at um, and to write down. For, for instance, I was, um, can, I, can I give you a, an example? Yes, please. I wanted to talk about my comedy juggling life career mm-hmm. and there is this joke where i was talking about oh i juggled for 20 years and people are always like oh what did your family think and you know when you say, when you say like the the 
traditional joke is like, yeah, like, like, how do you think my family feels? Like, this is what I'm doing for my life. Like, that's the traditional joke. Yeah. I was in a real, like, sad place. I don't know why I thought of this, but I tell the audience I was a professional juggler for 20 years. And they're like, well, what are your, what does your family think? I'm like, what does my family think? They're the ones telling me to do it. <laughs> they, you know, like, they're just as, they, they need to be held accountable for this. Like, yeah. 10 years in, I was like, this is becoming my identity. Every, no one's going to stop this. You know, so like I was just able to like flip that around and place blame on them. I love it. <laughs> for uh, it's just a little, it's just a different take. And I don't think I would have, I know it seems, if you're listening, it might just seem like an easy fix, just flip it. But for me, I just needed to be in that uh, little uh, Truthful. darker yeah. place it, to. But it's, but to, it's, to it's find, a more honest it. thing, you know, especially if you, you did have a family that was supportive, like a lot of people did. And it's supposed to be not cool to own up to doing what we do. Uh, and, and there's like, you know, so you have to, you have to acknowledge that elephant in the room. Uh, Marcus, that is a right answer. And so you went three for five, tipping the scales in your favor. <laughs> you will be asked on again. Just barely. Um, and I, I always love having you on. Marcus's TikTok is Marcus J. Monroe and, uh, go follow him there. Cause he puts a lot of great content on, but you can also see him perform. If you go to MarcusMonroe.com, you can learn how to see him perform, how to book him to perform at your, like, whatever, your wedding. I, he does a lot of weddings this time of year. Yeah, I do. T- I'm, I'm the wedding guy. He's they the, call he, me the wedding guy. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of wedding j- comedy jugglers. And, uh, oh, yeah. and so it's a, it's a very competitive field, but Marcus slays it every Saturday. So. Yep. And uh, some Sundays for the poor people who can't afford it on a Saturday. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Dude, it's so good to see you and so good to catch up. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And um, I hope uh, it was I hope it was as fun for me as it was for you. that's all for this week thanks to mike for the topic and to marcus monroe for being my guest here's a young danish kid who learned english just to read the following thank you for listening to the internet says it's true don't forget to join up on patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes you can do that at patreon.com slash michael kent also if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show Please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new if the internet says it's true. The internet says it's true. We'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make the show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Kevin McLeod. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. <laughs>